Welcome back to another episode of the Flow Track Podcast. A wild one. We just had the, wor- the World Indoor Championships come to a conclusion on the Saturday session with a phenomenal kind of weird ending, right? Because it took like 20 minutes for us to find out who won the freaking 60-meter dash. But Lamar- Lamont Jacobs takes the win over Christian Coleman. We'll break the whole thing down eventually. But, man... These past two days, they just ended with big shocking, right? We obviously had Kambunji in the women's 60s surprise everyone by taking down the early favorites. And now we had the anticipated Coleman versus Jacobs and throwing a little bit of Bracey matchup. And man, uh, a lot of these takes on the Italian sprinter for the past six months, he just did a big shut the F up to all of it because now... Oh, yeah, I can even say the word fuck. He said shut the fuck up to all of it because he is, man, we're all wrong. We're just wrong. We just have to accept. Today is a podcast of just accepting that you, that you can be wrong sometimes. And so I'm going to be accepting that I am wrong, that others are wrong. My colleague Kevin is wrong. We're all wrong. Uh, Lamont, Jacobs, uh, Lamont Jacobs is the real deal. Is the real deal. But before we get into all of that, This has been a great two days so far. We have one more day of World Indoors. And throughout these championships, we're doing a prediction contest called Flowtrack Pick'em. If you click on that QR code that shows up on the screen right there, in the corner right there, you can enter the contest. We've done a bunch of picks throughout the weekend. We had three before the meet started. We had three yesterday. We have, I think, we have four yesterday. We have four more that are going to be for tomorrow. For a total of how many picks we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven picks. And I made these picks. So the game is if you can successfully have a better win-loss record in these picks than me, you'll be in the running to win a Fanatics gift card, a cross-net four-way volleyball court uh, set, which is like retail value, about almost $200. Cool thing. And, and more. The prizes are continue to get bigger and better as we go on in the outdoor season. We're just getting started. And uh, I've been okay with my picks. So we'll do a quick recap of where my picks are standing right now and where you guys are going to be at when we go into the final day of Pick'em. So we've already had the women's 60 go down yesterday. I correctly predicted that it was going to be a time between 696 and 7 flat. Albeit, I didn't think it was going to be the woman who won who did it, but the question was the winning time not the individual. I correctly picked it at. She ran 696. Next pick that I got wrong was Isaiah Harris and Bryce Hopple. I thought they were going to win gold. They did not. I said yes. They didn't. And we'll talk a little bit about that in the podcast. So I'm one one and one there. Third pick was Shawnee Miller-Weibo versus Femke Bowl. Who will win uh, that competition? I went with Miller-Weibo, and she officially won. So I'm two and one. Uh, the fourth one was Ethiopia going one, two, three in the women's 1500. I said yes, and that actually happened. And you look at this pick, not a lot of people predicted that. Only 25% of you thought that Ethiopia could go one, two, three in the women's 1500 final. I thought it could happen, and it did. Uh, and then the fifth one that just came to a conclusion, I asked you who will finish second in the men's 60. It turned out second place finisher was Christian Coleman. And only 17% of you guys thought Christian Coleman would finish second. I thought Marvin Bracey would finish second. He ended up finishing third. Obviously, 
It was Coleman that finished second. So a lot of people, it's it's hard, man. These, these pickums are hard. I am currently two right, three wrong, but I got chance to catch up because we have new pickums. And these are the new questions that we're going to have for tomorrow that you got to get in before, I believe, 10 a.m. Central because the meet starts a little bit earlier. First question is, will Grant Holloway break or tie the world record of 729? Yes or no? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good vibes. We just saw fast 60s. I think we're going to see a fast 60 hurdle here. I'm going with yes. I think Grant Holloway will break the world record, aka his own PB, tomorrow. Second question is, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, what's going to be his margin of victory? Is he going to win by less than a second, one to two seconds, over two seconds, or will he not win? It'll be negative because he won't win. Uh, I'm going with one to two seconds, which I think is favorable after watching this women's 1500. After seeing uh, the Ethiopian win by like six seconds, it's been incredible. I don't think it's going to be that much of a blowout. I think people will keep it close with Jakob, but I'm going one to two seconds for my pick there. Uh, the next pick is, will Ajay Wilson medal in the 800? Yes or no? I'm going with a no. Even though there's no Keely Hodgkinson in the race, I don't know. I just I wasn't feeling Ajay Wilson's vibe in that prelim. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the pod. I'm going with a no. And then the fourth and final question, will Mondo Duplantis break or tie his own world record? I'm also going with a no. Uh, I think he's going to win, but he's going to go for 620. I don't think he gets it. So I'm going with a no. So those are the picks. Total of 11 picks, all right? If you can beat my record, you're in the running for the Fanatics gift card for that CrossNet volleyball set and so on. It's going to be great. Keep playing with us. We're doing this week in and week out. Play flow track, pick them. Okay, enough of that. Men's 60. You know what? We'll save a little bit of the men's 60. I'm going to let people kind of filter their way in into the YouTube chat, really start talking their shit on, you know, Christian Coleman and also the Italians. If you're, if they're an Italian out there, you can talk, give, you can start bragging your uh, Italian heritage towards us Americans who can't seem to win this men's 60. But before we get into any of that 60 stuff, let's talk about what happened in the earlier session. We had two notable uh, prelims. We had the men's 1500 and the women's 800. Starting with the men's 1500, basically all of the relevant players all qualified. There wasn't much of a chaos going on. Obviously, Jakob qualified. Tafera of Ethiopia qualified. Oliver Hoare qualified. Uh, Kip Sang of Kenya qualified. So the main players qualified. The main thing I thought was interesting was both Americans, they only got in on, uh, on time. Neither of them were able to grab uh, big cues. So the hopes of an American medal aren't looking too good. You think if you're going to be in a medal contention, you'll be able to kind of control your prelim because it's a lesser competition. But, you know, Josh Thompson, same prickle, both get in. Very good for them. You know, survive in advance. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. A, a qualification. doesn't matter if you have a big Q or a little Q. A Q is a Q. That's what Vin Diesel said in Fast and the Furious Q. No, a Fast, and, a Fast and the Furious track edition would be kind of cool. Where like we, ooh, we should recast Fast and the Furious with track athletes and then redo a whole storyline. But instead of drag racing and street racing, they're just track racing. Man, Fast and the Furious, Eugene Drift. Anyway, but yeah, Prakel 
and uh, Thompson make it in. Good for them. Excited to see what they do in the final. It's going to be hard for them to medal, but hey, as long as you have a spot on the starting line, anything can happen. Uh, women's 800. Uh, there was some big news in the beginning of the, the prelims. Heavy, heavy favorite, Keely Hodgkinson, was a DNS. Uh, their British Athletics tweeted out that she's been dealing with a, an injury, and so she wasn't able to compete. It's kind of a bummer. I kind of was looking forward to see if she could run like another 157 or something crazy, 156. But we're going to have to wait for the Keeley experiment in the outdoor season. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. But um, for those who did race, you know, again, the main players all qualified. Uh, Alamu of Ethiopia. Um, I can't, I forget how to say her name. Nakai, the Ugandan athlete. Ghoul got in from Jamaica. And uh, Aji Wilson, you know, she qualified uh, with a big Q, won their slow heat in what, two or three? It's pretty slow. Um, Olivia Baker wasn't able to handle the hot pace in her heat. She faded to what, sixth in her heat. Uh, so one American in the final. Aji Wilson has a lot of. Um, experience. I think she has a, a chance to medal. I wouldn't put it past her, but I just look at, you know, Alamu, Ghoul, someone else who's just going to surprise. I think, I think Aji Wilson might finish fourth. And so that's why in my low track pick I'm going with no medal. But there's only eight athletes on the track. Finish top three. You only got to beat, you know, five other people. So it is possible. But yeah, we'll wait for tomorrow to see how those events play out. On tomorrow's podcast, we are going to have Josh Kerr as a guest because, you know, we're going to have all these mid-distance finals go down, men's 15, men's 3K, women's 800. Uh, uh, so it's going to be great to see kind of Josh's reaction to what's going on because obviously if Josh was in these races, he probably would be in the final and potentially – winning a medal or winning gold going up against Ingebrigtsen. So we'll break that all down tomorrow. Look forward to that podcast post the final day. But now we're all here. I gave time for the chat to log in. Men's 60. And before we get to the race to happen, there was a little bit of some storylines going on in the first two rounds. Bracey in the morning session ran like an incredible 640 I think 646 in the prelim, like the, not the semifinals, but the prelim. So I was like, oh man, Bracey, he's coming in hot with a 646 personal best in the first round. He did not need to do that. Coleman and Jacobs kind of cruise to their individual heat wins. So right away, we were expecting a Coleman versus Jacobs. Bracey runs 646. We're like, all right, it's a three-way battle. Let's see what happens in the semis. And then in the semis, Bracey and Coleman can take their foot off the gas. They win their races individually. But then Jacobs, in his semifinal, he runs 645, I believe. Is that what he ran, 645? Yeah, he runs 645, tying the world lead. And so now we're going into the final with Bracey coming off a of 646, Jacobs coming off a of 645, Coleman coming off of win-win easily so he's the most un the, the least pushed himself he has the most in his legs i guess you could say but also has a season best of 645 so we're like ah right, this is a three-way monster for final they're all in the middle of the track they line up and then the gun goes off 
And six seconds later, we have no idea who won because Jacobs nips Pullman at the line by 0.003 seconds. It was such a close margin of victory that it, t- it felt like it took 20 minutes to find out who won. You're just watching the screen and they're all just staring at the board. You have no idea. And then it took what? Two minutes? It felt like forever. But two minutes later, you see Jacobs put his arms up and you're like, there it is. Jacobs taken down the world record holder in the 60, the defending world champion in the 60, and triples down on all the disrespect that he's been got been given because he opted to not run post-Olympics, that people put an asterisk. Nah, he's an Italian. That that 100-meter win at the Olympics doesn't mean shit. You got to do it again for me to really believe it. Well, he ran 641. He beat the world record holder. He beat the 2019 world champion in the 100. And not only did he beat these guys, he beat them coming from behind. He did not have a lead. He did not hold off Coleman. He did not hold off Bracey. He chased down Coleman. He chased down Bracey. And if there's 40 more meters to this, this is not a margin of victory of 0.003 seconds. This is a dominant Jacobs win if we had 40 more meters to this race. Obviously, things change when you're, when you're racing for 60 versus 100. You're, you're going to have a different strategy and all that. I get that. But... The immediate reaction to this was Jacobs is the guy. It is not Coleman. We kind of were all just uh, knighting Coleman as the guy because he was undefeated in the regular season. And we were just thinking, yeah, Jacobs, you just got to, you still have to prove it to me. But this is it. He did at the biggest moment, a world championship, obviously indoors. It's not outdoors, but whatever. For what we got here, he straight up beat Coleman. The people who weren't in this race, Bromel, Bromel is not the 100-meter favorite. Curly, I guess, technically, is the one main missing piece. Curly, DeGrasse, and Lyles. Lyles wasn't really a 60, so that was a non-factor. DeGrasse, maybe. But DeGrasse, I feel like, is more of a 200 guy. Curly, which I want to talk about, he low-key just ran 20 flat in a, in a 200, like today, in Arizona. Um, but I digress. It's about Coleman. It's about Jacobs. Jacobs runs 641, tied for fourth all time uh, behind the Americans, or four Americans, Coleman, Green, Baker, and Kaysun. But man, I mean, once I, I started the podcast, a lot of egg on our faces for doubting Jacobs' ability. And this was kind of the best result that Jacobs could have hoped for. It's a good result for Coleman. Like, Coleman can't go, Coleman can't walk away from this race being like disappointed he's coming off a year and a half of not racing and his first season back within a few months he loses by 0.003 seconds to the olympic champion and he runs 641 just a few tenths of a a few hundreds of a second off his world record so coleman even though he got beat he can kind of go home with be like i mean if you told me you're gonna run 641 and have a tough loss. I think he'd take that going into the outdoor season. Bracey, he's going to take what he got. He was looks like he was injured early in the season, but comes on hot, runs back-to-back PBs in, in Belgrade, gets a medal, 
the only guys he's losing to are the 2019 world outdoor champion and the 2021 Olympic champion. So it's like, all right, he's only getting beat by studs. So Bracey has that confidence. So everyone's kind of coming out of this with a lot of confidence, but Jacobs is coming out with uh, the FU confidence, like re- show the show respect confidence, which I love. And I hope he kind of leans into it. I want him to start talking shit. I don't know if he will. I don't follow him that much on social media, but it'll be great if Jacobs is like, oh yeah, asterisks, huh? Huh? Well, what's two for two now? All right. You know, of course, being the way I talk on the internet about track and field, as we get closer to July, I'm probably going to talk myself out of Jacobs. I'm going to talk myself into a Coleman or into a Curly, and he's going to have that chip on his shoulder again. And I'm going to be like, well, two for two. The second one doesn't count because it's indoors. You got to really go two for two outdoors. And then, you know, the, the whole narrative I'm going to have to create to make it to disrespect Jacobs again is probably going to come back. I'm just being honest with what's going to happen in my brain and how it works. But like I said, I think, I think all three can come away from this race with, you know, ha- not happy, but like, hey, it, it's, not, it's not awful. 641 is not awful. 644 is not awful. And Jacobs, obviously, he has nothing awful because he won. So anyway, that's, I mean, I don't know what else much you can add to a 60-meter race. It's crazy that a six-second race can elicit so much emotional reaction. It's just a six-second event. You know, you watch like a three-hour baseball game or a two-hour basketball game. And there's so many ups and downs, runs, and, you know, watching March Madness is making my brain kind of melt uh, this past two days. But, like, in six seconds, the narrative of our sport went like this. It just snapped. We could have had two different paths. We could have had the path of, Oh shit, Coleman's back. No one's ever going to beat him. He's, he hasn't lost a beat. The Olympic champion could have beat him. And Jacobs, uh, you're, you're, what have you done for me lately? It's going to be like, talk to me when you, when you beat someone of Coleman's caliber. You beat a 400-meter runner in Fred Curley. That doesn't count, obviously. Fred Curley's not just a 400-meter runner. He's one of the greatest of all time. But, you know, that would have been the narrative. So it could have been that. But now we're going down the other path where it's, oh shit, the Italian is legit. Jacobs ain't going nowhere. He can beat the 100, he beat the 100 meter champion. He beat the 200 meter Olympic champion. He beat the versatile Fred Curley. He's beaten the consistent lately Bromel. He's beaten everybody. So what else can he, he's like, guys, I've proven it all. It's time for you to roll out the red carpet for me. I'm getting lane four or five. When it comes to a diamond league and me and Coleman and Curly on the start line, you know who you're asking first for the lane preference? It's me. It's not Coleman. It's not Curly. It's me. Up until worlds where, you know, the narrative can then change again. You know, hell, Arian Knighton could come out of nowhere and be like, hey, guys, remember me? I was 17 last year. Now I'm 18. And now I'm going to freaking run 19-4 in the 200. You know, crazy things happen. We got still a bunch of months before 
uh, World Outdoors. But I'm already excited. This is a great way to start the outdoor season. You have now the chip on Coleman's shoulder. You have the confidence on Jacob's shoulder. You have the rejuvenation into Bracey. It's just great all around. But yeah, anyway, that's the men's 60. So much I could have talked more about. I could do a whole po- I could do a whole hour podcast on the one six second race, but I do want to talk a little bit about other things that went down because we had some other interesting results, including some upsets that I'll break down. Uh, but first, let's talk a little bit about women's four hundred. So, women's four hundred, Shawnee Miller Weibo, Femke Bowl. That was the matchup we were looking. Stephanie Ann McPherson was kind of potentially a wild card, but at the end of the day. It came down to Bull and Miller Weibo. And Miller Weibo took advantage of her 200-meter talent, which is what you have to do in a 400 indoors. If you want to win a 400 indoors and you are a great 200-meter runner, you need to use it to benefit. You need to use it. If you don't use it, you're not going to win. And she used it. She went out hard. She got the lead at the 200-meter mark. And then there was no way... Femke Bowl is going to make a pass. The race was over in the first 20-ish seconds. After that, that's all she wrote. Like, you literally could have just put the medals around their neck at the bell lap. There should have actually should have been a meet official with medals and, like, tossing them around their necks once they cross the 200-meter split because you knew that, that, that this is what's going to happen. Unless someone falls, this is who's going to win. And Shani Milarebo, it's great to see her. It's kind of weird that all indoor season, she just wasn't running. And then she shows up, runs three races, and is now a world indoor champion. I got uh, someone from the Bahamas tweeted at me saying, Gordon, you got to show some respect for Shawnee Miller-Weibo because you're all in on Femke Bull. You know what? I was all in on Femke Bull because she ran the regular season. I'm going to put my trust in someone who has at least a result. And Femke Bowl had multiple results, and they were good results. But as soon as Shawnee Miller-Weibo ran the first round yesterday, Shawnee then had a result, and it was a good result. And once I saw one Shawnee result with all of Femke's results, I recognized it's time to switch, and it's time to recognize that Shawnee is fit, because you have no idea if she's fit. She could have been show up and been in 52-second shape. You have no idea. But she runs one race. You see she's fit. You know her talent. You know her history. Shawnee for the win, 100%. But you had to have one race. As soon as she ran the first round, the prelim yesterday, I knew. I was like, all right, Shawnee's fit. She's here. She's going to win. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, on the, the men's side, a little bit of... Kind of a lot of emotion in this one. Um, Jareem Richards of Trinidad and Tobago almost breaks 40, 45 seconds, runs 44 flat. I mean, 45 flat. Uh, Bassett was close, runs 45.05. But Jareem Richards, similar strategy that Shawnee Miller Weibo did. Take advantage of his 200 meter speed because Jareem, I think he's made a world championship final in the 200. I think. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty confident I've seen Richards on a start line for 200-meter final. But took advantage, again, of his 200-meter speed, gets to it at the 200-meter uh, mark, and you know he's going to win. He holds off, though, a charging Bassett. Bassett almost caught him, but uh, Dream had the speed, 
had the, the big enough lead to hold off. And it was an emotional victory. For those you don't know, Trinidad Tobago, his former countrymen, uh, Dion Lindor, Texas A&M grad, Bowerman winner. I followed Dion Lindor throughout his college career and a little bit of his pro career. Passed away tragically uh, earlier this year. I think it was this year or, or late in 2021. And it's kind of cool that Jareem was able to kind of give Trinidad a, a 400-meter gold medal um, for Dion. And, uh, yeah, just a lot of emotion there. Um, and it's pretty cool. I mean, Trinidad Tobago, they got some, they got some stars from that small country. Remember when their 4 by 4 smoked USA in 20, was it 2017? I remember that. It was, I remember when their soccer team knocked out USA in the FIFA World Cup qualification round. Trinidad's got some athletes. And uh, it's pretty cool for Doreen to get a gold here, especially in honor of uh, his late friend. So very cool um, for him, for his country. I'm sure, you know, everyone in the track community was kind of thinking about this. You know, sometimes, you know, it's not about the race. At, you know, every year there's going to be people running fast times. Every year we're going to crown new champions and we'll have upsets, winners, breakout stars. But, you know, at the end of the day, every life is special. And, you know, sometimes winning and losing isn't as important as someone's life. So pretty cool for Dream to be able to get a win in his honor of Dion. And for Trevor Bassett, all right, he runs 45.05 indoors, which is going to convert to a 44-ish second outdoor, maybe 44 low. Trevor Bassett can run the 400 hurdles. Now, I'm not saying Trevor Bassett is going to beat Rye Benjamin in any race. But if he's running 40, I don't know if Rye Benjamin runs 45.05 this indoor season. I'll, like, if he were to try, I don't know if Rye Benjamin runs 45.05. I mean, what's Rye Benjamin's lifetime PB indoors? I don't even know. Let's try to find it. Let's scroll. Let's, let's scroll, Travis. Let's look for Rye Benjamin's lifetime indoor 400 meter PB. There it is 45.39. 4505 is much faster than 4539. Now, okay, I'm not saying Trevor Bassett is going to beat Rye Benjamin, but what I'm saying is he has raw 400 meter speed and he knows how to hurdle. And that is what it's going to take to even challenge a Rye Benjamin at the US level. Okay, I'm not even thinking Carson Warholm. He's in a different world, obviously, and a different country, different craziness. Uh, but I think that we could have a legit situation where Trevor Bassett might not beat, but scare Rye Benjamin this year. I mean, all I'm saying is Rye Benjamin won't be able to sleepwalk through the U.S. trials the way he did the Olympic trials. That's all I'm saying. I think Trevor Bassett is pretty damn good. So that's all I got to say about that. Watch out. Watch out, Rye Benjamin. The man, the myth, the bass, it is coming for you. I just, that's a stupid line. I delete that from the record. I didn't mean to say it that way. Anyway, all right. Let's move on over to some distance finals. Uh, one of our pick'em questions was, will Ethiopia go one, two, three? And that was probably the most obvious one, two, three, we, looking back on it, because one... 
Gudoff ran 3.57. She won by like six seconds. There's a photo. I put it in the rundown, Travis, that kind of visualizes how massive of a win she had in this race. Travis, you have the photo? I put it in the rundown. There's a, a tweet from Caffle. But look at this photo. She was basically already like 40 meters past the finish line. Second place is still 40 meters away from finishing. And this doesn't happen. Like it's a, this isn't a 5K or a 10K or a marathon. This is an indoor 1500. This is not many laps. And she just destroyed her two fellow countrywomen and the rest of the field. It literally was like there was two races going on. It looked like this was the pro in the field, and then it was a high school race happening behind her. Uh, impressive run. She basically decided, I am not going to take any chances. I know I'm the best. If I just run a sub-four-minute pace, I'm going to win easily, and that's what she did. Uh, and then Ethiopia goes one, two, three. They're two, three. Also, clearly, were never challenged by anyone else. Uh, Americans finished fifth and seventh um, in this. But it was basically an Ethiopian show. And it's an interesting stat about this. This is the first time ever a country has gone one, two, three in a world indoor event. And you're like, that's kind of weird. That has to have happened before because clearly there's times when people go one, two, three in events outdoors all the time. Well, the reason why it's rare and the reason why this is the first time ever is because typically you only get to represent two from one country in any given event at world indoors. It's not three per country, it's two per country. But when they introduced wild cards where you can get a third person if they're a, a defending champion or a world indoor tour champion, you have the opportunity to have three in one event. Like the US has three men in the men's 60. So there's maybe they go one, two, three in the men's 60. You, know, you never know. So it doesn't really happen that often, but that's why it's so rare. And Ethiopia, they showed up. They go one, two, three here. Forget they go one. They go one three in the women's three k. Yeah, I think they went one three in the women's three k. They went one three five in the women's three k, and they go one two three in the women's fifteen. It's pretty damn good. Six people all in the top five. Incredible. Uh, Josette Norris getting fifth. Good run for her. Uh, but it really was just a, a story of two different events happening. There was the Ethiopian group doing their thing, and then the rest of the field. So I'm sure Norris and McLean will learn a lot from this experience. They still ran like well. They didn't like shit the bed and finish like 10th or 12th. Uh, they competed well. They were, you know, Norris was what? 0.1 away from fourth. So she was in it, um, but just never in it for a medal. Uh, but excited to see what, especially Norris, man. I mean, McLean has already made a world team. She obviously made the Olympics last year. So she's had this experience. But for Norris, this is the first time she's at this stage. She's had this incredible journey. And I'm sure this fifth place finish indoors is going to be a mental reminder for her. She goes up at the U.S. trials outdoors and maybe makes another world outdoor team. And it's just like you need these reps before you're able to actually compete for medals. But hey, fifth in the world. If you told her, if you told Josette Norris in 2019 she was going to finish fifth at World Indoors in 2022, she would have, one, called you crazy, laughed at you, probably ignored you, uh, 
a lot of things. Maybe slapped you. No, she wouldn't have slapped you. She would be like, oh, yeah? Well, tell, tell my coach that because they don't believe me yet. But, you know, or something like that. But it's incredible to, like, look at someone from three years ago and be like, you are going to become here. And it's just, like, an incredible trajectory. So big ups for Norris uh, getting fifth for USA. Moving over to the men's 800. Uh, this was a little bit of a disappointing race, and you could kind of see it. Disappointing race for the Americans. You could kind of see it in the post-race interviews that Hopple and Harris gave in the, in the mix zone. They both were thinking, I can win. And then they probably both were thinking, if I don't win, the other guy's going to win. Like, this is time for USA to go 1-2. Let's have our Ethiopia moment. And it just did not play out that way. One thing that did play out that you kind of could have predicted was Marco Arop was going to go to the lead. Uh, he did a lot last year. He took the pace out hot, I think, in the like 50-ish seconds through 400. And basically, Arop controlled the race through 600 meters, through you know, 75% of the race. And he was just, if you weren't Arop or in second, there was no way you were going to medal. Or there was no way you were going to win. If you weren't AROP or second, you weren't going to win. There was no way someone was going to win who was sitting in fifth place with 200 meters to go. Yeah, you could go from fifth to third, but you're not going from fifth to first. And that's basically what did in the two Americans was neither of them were in locked right behind AROP. They just didn't have that good position. And in a 800 indoors, it's all about positioning and a little bit of luck. And they just didn't have it. You could tell they were kind of disappointed. Even Hopple getting third, it kind of shows where he's at right now in his career, where he's like, eh, yeah, I got third, but, you know, I wanted to win. You know, uh, Isaiah Harris, I'm going to have nightmares about that race for a while. And then hand touching, head, forehead, face. Uh, yeah, they're both disappointed. But, you know, they learned from it. And I'm, hopefully they... Take these, these bruises and these scars and put some Band-Aids on them and show up for outdoors stronger. And you, a lot of these issues, though, that they had indoors aren't going to really happen outdoors because uh, positioning isn't as important for outdoors as it is for indoors. But you got to give some credit to Garcia. Um, Mariano Garcia takes the win. Spain, man. Spain gets the job done. We saw Mario Garcia Roma win NCAA indoors for Spain. Now you have Garcia here for the men's 800. I'm going to say it's probably a Spaniard is going to finish top three in the men's 1500, if I had to guess. Maybe even top three in the men's 3K. Spain is all over the world. They're all over the map. I think Spain's going to look pretty good in the men's 15 and 3K tomorrow. Garcia, again, it started off well. Because, you know, Spain went 1-4 here. So Spain, they got some special broom with all their mid-distance stars and even 3K stars. Um, and then Kibet, a 17-year-old silver medalist. Uh, that makes sense, right? So, dude, Kenya, every year, there's always, like, a new guy. He's like, oh, by the way, see this 17-year-old? He's, he's going to run 143 this year. Oh, okay, that, you don't have enough. And then a year goes by, it's like, oh, see this 17-year-old? Oh, you mean he's 18? No, this is a new 17-year-old who's going to now run 143. Oh, okay. Well, that's two in a row. And, uh, no, next year? This guy, though, he's going to run 4 and 42 when he's 19. And it just keeps going and going. Kenya, man. That is 800 meter U country. 800 meter country? 
Yeah, 800 meter country is Kenya. Um, so yeah, all right, let's keep going down the list. A little bit of highlights of the women's 60 hurdles. Wasn't that too much of a marquee of event? Samba Mayela of France won it in 778. Um, Cunningham, an American, was able to nag, na nag, nab a medal. Nab, nag, stag? Isn't there a way to say that word with an S? Colt, ask producer. Is stag? No. Snag? Snag? Snag. That's the word. Snag. Snag a medal. That, snag. That's the word I was looking for. Snag, snag a medal. Uh, Cunningham snagged a medal, running 787, gets third. Um, what was the winning time of the women's 60-meter hurdles indoors? Uh, yeah. So the winning time for this was the exact same time that Grace Stark ran to win the college championship. So gives you a little perspective that, you know, a little bit of a down year for the women's 60 hurdles. But hey, if you're going to win a global medal, I don't care if it's up year, down year, side year, weird year, COVID year, non-COVID year, a win's a win. And good for uh, Serena for getting her first global gold. Pretty cool. She clearly was happy. We'll see what happens when we start throwing in Kenny Harrison, Grace Stark, and all the other top 100-meter uh, hurdlers outdoor season. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about the field events. The first field event I want to talk about wasn't really, it wasn't really about uh, the result or the mark, but in the women's high jump, there were two Ukrainian athletes who competed. And one of them, Yaroslo apologies if I say your name incorrectly, Yaroslava Mayuch Mayuchki, Yaroslava, she won, won, she won and she threw down a world lead, 202. So jumps over two meters. Now she was, she's been good. This isn't like, oh my God, you won. Cause like, she's always been in the medal conversation uh, for the past many years. I think I picked her to win Olympic gold and it didn't happen, but hey, it's okay. I didn't, not, a lot of people I picked to win didn't win. Uh, so she's, it's not, it's not like a coming out story of like, whoa, who are you? But obviously with everything going on in our world, with Russia having a war with Ukraine. And in the midst of that, within a few weeks of that happening, she's flying over to Belgrade and she's representing her country, winning a world championship. It's pretty cool. And it's kind of wild. I was reading some, some notes about her journey to this point. So obviously travel for Ukrainians is, is all over the place. Um, Catherine Mary on Twitter, uh, she tweeted out that Yaroslova had to flee Ukraine when the war started. She spent days in a cellar, took three days to travel 2,000 miles, um, 2,000 kilometers to Belgrade, and a lot of people involved, and just basically it's just a long travel day. Three days to travel? I hate freaking six hours to travel. Three days is just insane. So obviously there's a lot of emotion going on with trying to get to the world championships. You're trying to, your, your country is dealing with this war and you're trying to train. You're like, what's the point of high jumping right now, right? Like it's kind of mentally for you to compartmentalize 
your your job and sport with what's going on in the real world you kind of there's like that there's clearly going to be emotion of what am i even doing who cares about how high i can jump that's not the most important thing in the world right now but for her to handle both emotional tolls of focusing as an elite athlete and dealing with what's going on in her country it's pretty incredible for her to overcome all of that and end it with a gold medal uh it's it's pretty wild there were some quotes that she had um post meet that capital uh put up she said i want to show ukrainian people are strong people that they never give up our military protect our country at home and today i protect my country on the track um so clearly there are not many people in the world who can really understand what she's going through very few people are dealing with what she's dealing with and for her to handle something that i can't even relate to i have no idea what it's like to to do this it's pretty incredible for her to get the gold and her teammate also jumped pretty well i think she finished fifth uh so they both had good days and obviously imagine standing on that 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 podium whenever they do the the medal ceremony and they're going to play the ukrainian national anthem it's gonna be pretty damn cool so uh congrats to her uh it's pretty damn cool also in the field events we had the big shocker this i mean we talk about jacobs as a shocker at the end of the day we saw jacobs was a challenger we weren't like being like there's hell, no way in hell jacobs win like he won it's shocking but him winning is a win ryan krauser losing is freaking insane he lost to darlin romani of brazil I'll admit, never heard of the guy before. You know, I've heard of, you know, Walsh, the other Americans, uh, Philip, the Croatian, you know, a bunch of guys. But Darlin Romani haven't really followed his career trajectory. And Krauser throws the first throw, throws over 22 meters. He's like, all right, this is, it's over, guys. He's starting 22-4. It's, sorry, don't, don't come back. But then in the third throw, Romani throws 2253 and then Krauser's on his heels fourth throw he throws 22 meters not enough fifth throw he fouls not enough sixth throw he throws under 22 meters and Romani gets the win man this just goes to show you that no matter how consistent you can be at an event no matter how dominant you can be no matter how much you can improve at the end of the day when you have a competition everything you did in the past does not matter and for good or for worse right if you have a bad season you can put it all together in one moment and it, and it makes it all right if you have a good season you know you could be like johannes vetter in the olympics this is like a johannes vetter moment remember johannes vetter didn't even make the final in the javelin throw at the olympics crowds are losing here feels like that type of level now obviously it's not as bad as him like you know finishing 10th but romani taking down crowds i was utterly surprised i'm happy there was no gambling odds for this because i would have lost a shit ton of money so thank you whoever's in charge of that to make sure i didn't screw myself over by putting all my money on krauser uh but yeah incredible throw for romani and uh krauser's still good but he has this new expectation on him now that like he needs to show up and either break a world record or dominate or like have all-time best back-to-back -back throws just like everything he now does and he's about beating 
all-time statistics, and it's not just about winning. So, uh, hey, Krauser will be back. He's probably going to look pretty good in Eugene, and he's probably going to throw it like 25 meters. Well, not 25 meters, but you get the idea. He's going to throw it incredible. Uh, so, yeah, surprise there in the shot put. Heptathlon, Damian Warner got the win. Uh, an American Basin finished sixth. Uh, Scantlin DNF. And then also in the women's pole vault, uh, Sandy Morris and Katie Nago go one, two. It's pretty cool. A lot of medals there for USA. So when we look back on all the medals, Sandy Morris is the only American with a gold. And we're almost done. Right now, I think, I'm, I think she's the only one, right? Right now, only one American has a gold medal. But a lot of Americans have silver and bronze. So look at this medal count. Americans have 15 medals, but just one gold. Sandy Morris in the pole vault. But you have Coleman, Bassett, Krauser, Briscoe, Purier, Nago, and Ely, all with silver. Then you have Williams, Bracey, Hopple, Dendy, Scott, St. Price, and Cunningham, all with bronze. Very interesting. 15 is like pure domination, but only one gold. Now, we do have opportunities to get some more golds tomorrow. Obviously, the four by fours for the U.S. And when I say we, sorry, I know there's non-Americans listening to this, but, you know, bear with me. This is, I'm, I'm based in Austin, Texas. Well, can't get more American than that. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about them more. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of weird right now. USA only has one gold. They do have 15 medals. So they're probably going to finish in about 17 to 20, I'm guessing. Well, they'll probably get definitely a few more because four by fours and 60 hurdles and a few other events. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But right now, Sandy Morris, the lone American with gold. I thought this was kind of interesting. If you, Travis, if you remove that uh, pop-up to show the medal table. And you scroll down, look how many different countries have a gold. 15 different countries have won a global gold. It's a lot of unique countries. It's kind of cool, right? It's kind of cool that literally almost every event was won by a different country, except for Ethiopia. They're the only ones right now who have two, one and two different events. Um, it's kind of wild. This may go down as one of the the most spread out gold medals in world indoor history. I don't know what that statistic is, but right now 15 countries with gold seems like a high number. And it might go up a few more. We'll have to find out tomorrow. So anyway, that's all I'd say about that. Again, enter the flow track pick'em contest because I want you guys to win. You got to beat me. Click on the QR code right there. Enter it. Got to give your phone number to be eligible. Again, the winner is going to be whoever got the most, whoever got more right out of the 11 total picks compared to me, and then we'll pick our winner. We already gave out a winner uh, for the Tokyo Marathon. We had a winner for the NCAA Championships. We'll have a winner here for Worlds, and we're going to do it every weekend. We'll do it multiple times. I'm not sure what we'll do for um, next weekend. I think Texas Relays is next weekend, so maybe something with Texas Relays. I don't know yet. But yeah. Get the picks in, head over to the QR code, and you can do that. Travis, should I, uh, ask, should I answer some of the chat questions? What should we do? Travis, I don't have the chat up because it distracts me. Travis, any, any chat questions? 
first, uh, Wendigo said, why no 200 at World Indoors? Uh, I don't know why. I do know that the lack of a 200 at World Indoors is enlightening the fact that not only do the athletes, so not only do some athletes, but also the meat organizers of our sport recognize that World Indoors is not the same as outdoors prestige-wise. And the fact that they're going to limit some different events like, it makes sense to eliminate the steeplechase because you can't put a steeple on an indoor track. But a 200, you can clearly do. But I guess they recognize, hey, we want all of our sprinters just doing the 60 and that's it. Um, I don't know why. But if we did have it, it would be fun. And, I mean, we would see someone like Abby Steiner go run well, potentially win a global medal um, out of the NCA the way Trevor Bassett just did. You could maybe see Fred Curley come in here, see Noah Lyles start doing it. It would be great. Um, but we just have to wait for that. Uh, do you think Jareem Richards will move down to the 100 like Allison Felix or Curley? No. No, 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 no. Jareem, if anything, is going to move up because Jareem's a 200 guy and he just won the 400. So he's going the, up, he's going the opposite direction. He's not going down. So, yeah. Speaking of Curley, though, he ran 20 seconds flat in Arizona today, which is just crazy. <laughs> also, if you're listening now, head over to. Um, the Flowtrack homepage. We're live right now at the Stanford Cardinal Classic. Looks like it's raining there. But later tonight, uh, Cole Hawker and Cooper Tier are going to be running a 5K trying to get the world qualifier. You can see here, show the live feed. There we go. Let's put that up. Uh, the internet connection between us, it might be a little rigidy, but it's a normal connection if you actually go to the homepage. Uh, but check it out. They're running the men's 1500 right now in the rain. So check that out. Uh, Stanford Cardinal Classic going on live right now. Uh, but yeah, anything else? Any other questions? Ooh, I do want to say this. Travis, if you can bring up Hazel Clark's Twitter. I believe it's Hazel Clark's. Yeah, I found the tweet. Uh, go to the Bermuda games, so scroll down. So Hazel Clark, uh, two days ago, tweeted this out. On April 9th, 2022, the Bermuda games, hosted in Bermuda, are going down. You see Noah Lyles is going to be in attendance. Shakari Richardson, Johan Blake, uh, Bermuda's Jana Pernchief, and more. I think Trayvon Bromel retweeted this tweet so maybe Bromel will be there but some of the top sprinters and jumpers and what you have it in the world are going to be in bermuda racing in that race to be live on flow track so check it out it's going to be awesome it's the continental tour devonshire uh it's april 9th it's called the bermuda games but it's in devonshire bermuda the continental tour is going to start up in less than a month and look at all these events we have Devonshire, the Golden Games, Nairobi, Tokyo, Luva, Ostrava. These are, I'm bad at these words. Bydos, um, skip it. Uh, Andrew Jar, oh, Pengalo, Prague, Samorin, the New York Grand Prix, Turku, Marcelli. Oh my God. Madrid, I am not even going to bother to say that one. Rovito, yeah, Cheska Ferfar, not going to bother saying it. Overito, Berlin, 
There's one more after Berlin, Chorzow, which sounds like a food, and Zagreb. All year long, all the Continental Tours. It's going to be awesome. Uh, remember last year we had some fun races at the Continental Tour. It's going to happen again. Exciting. Check it out. Starts April 9th all the way through September 11th. Great full year of outdoor track. Man, outdoor track, man. I, I know I shouldn't. We still have one more. One more day of indoor, but you know we got the Penn Relays. Uh, Boston Marathon is going to be happening. Get some more marathon action back. Got to love the marathons, right? Uh, yeah, it's just exciting to get outdoors, right? None of this indoor stuff. I mean, outdoors, breathe in the fresh air, watch some four-by-ones, talk some shit to people in the Caribbean and say, hey, we got Shakari. Oh, yeah, you got Elaine Thompson, hurrah. Oh, yeah, well, we got Curly. Oh, yeah, we got... You know, Dream Richards. Oh, yeah, well, we got the whole freaking thing. It's going to be great. I can't wait to talk a lot of shit. I'm, I can't wait to be right a lot of times. And I can't wait to, what? Well, I know I'm going to be wrong also, but hey, that's the fun of the game. Lay it out there. But yeah, great day two in the books. Uh, final day tomorrow. We're going to have special guest Josh Kerr to react to a lot of distance races. Um, I'll ask him straight up, would you have won this race? That's going to be the first question. Would you have won the men's 1500? After he watches it, be the first question I ask him. Uh, but yeah, tune in, like, subscribe. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you tomorrow, I believe, at 2 p.m. Central after the final race.